Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sex with Emily. From stagnant sex lives to kinky sex and everything in between, tonight's show is all about you. I'm answering your emails and your questions, covering some of your most pressing sex and dating questions. I will answer them. But first, thank you so much, as always, for supporting my sponsors. And I got to tell you about Promescent. You've been hearing me talk about Promescent for a while now, and that's only because it works. I know a lot of you, you think... You know, I just don't last as long as I want to in bed. My partner, she orgasms way before I do, and I want to last longer. Permescent is the answer. Whether you have premature ejaculation or, again, you just want to last longer, you don't have to think about baseball or whatever it is you do to last longer. You just take Permescent. It's a quickly absorbing delay spray that allows you to have the sex you want. You can focus on your partner's hot body now that you have the time to make them orgasm. Isn't that what you want? And Promescent closes the arousal gap between men and women. Like I said, you get there faster than she would. She's not so happy about it. Promescent helps you last twice as long. It's the only FDA-approved treatment for premature ejaculation. Go to Promescent to find out more. That's Promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-E-N-T.com. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that pop. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. Where you can check out our amazing website with our blogs, our podcasts, and all the information you want to have better sex and relationships. And the first thing you should do when you get there is to sign up for our mailing list because I send good emails and you'll like them. And I don't spam you and I don't sell the list. But... They will also help you improve your sex life. And also, um, as always, I love hearing from you. This show is all about you. Your questions that you sent to feedback at sexwithemily.com. Or you can also find me on Facebook, my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash sexwithemily. And on Twitter, which is sexwithemily. And also Instagram. I love hearing from you. Um, So if you haven't followed me in any of those places, pull out your phone right now and do it. Just do it, do it, do it. And a few announcements. Okay, so two places you can come see me, and I want to see you, because we've never met. So come, 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 come. I'm doing, I did this big event at the Hustler Hollywood store. It's a sex toy store. People, I don't think Hustler, they think it's like, you know, what do people think? Anderson, I'm here with Anderson. When you think Hustler, people think of like penthouse, right? Yeah, they think of Larry David and spread vaginas. Yeah, Larry Flint, but. They, Larry David. Larry, Larry Flint. David. Right. He's really funny. Larry Flint, not as funny, but a very brilliant man. So, no, I'm doing – so I did this event, and it was sold out, over 250 people, and it's called How to Blow His Mind in Bed. But really, it's for men and women. It's going to be in San Diego. So if you're in the area or you want to drive to the area, it's October 25th. RSVP to feedback at sexwithemily.com. We'll also have a Facebook invite up, which might be up now, but that's an easy way to do it. And it's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I would love to see you. And then also, I'm very honored to be the host of the Sexual Health 
Expo in January, which is seven, January 17th and 18th in Hollywood. That's sexualhealthexpo.com, and they're, like, doing some kind of two-for-one ticket now, and it's the first of its kind. It's a conference. So you know I always go to these, like, fun sex toy conferences. Um they have like products there. They have, but mostly it's about it's workshops for men, women, and couples to improve their sex life. And I'm telling you, the list of people teaching these classes are amazing. It's like top of the line sex experts that I actually want to take classes from. Um, workshops, and they'll be fun. It's in Hollywood, and there'll be fun parties, and you're gonna love it. Come to LA if you live in LA. You should be there already. But if you haven't been to LA, plan your trip. It's probably freezing cold where you live on January 17th and 18th, so you should come. That's what I gotta say about that. Also, mm, today's show, we're going to be reading your emails. The topics include repetitive sex life. A guy whose girlfriend, or, or a girlfriend whose girlfriend, a girl whose girlfriend isn't into kink. Uh, more sex, less kink. What do you do about that? Uh, too busy for sex. And also body confidence and a few other things, which I think you will like and will change your life. So how you doing, Anderson? I'm doing good. How are you, Em? I'm good. Are you in a good place? I'm in a fine place. I'm sitting across from you. Oh, it's always a good place sitting here. That's nice. I'm glad because because uh, last week was kind of hectic and I was like, is something wrong? I get like worried that things I, are I, wrong. Yeah, I, sometimes I, I don't feel good and I'll lay down on the couch. I hate that. I know. I got These... swings, mood swings. What do you want? Dude, welcome to my mood swing world. Yes, I do too. But I, you know. I like good. I like the people around me to feel like they're the least crazy. You know what I mean? But I don't. You don't when you're around I me? I definitely feel crazier than you. No, but how about when I'm like doing my thing last week where I'm going and laying down on the couch? You felt like you were standing on your own two feet and doing pretty good. You were just napping. I told you, I was napping an hour. I had a big, um, I don't want to say it's an audition today because I'm not even going to like spoil it, but it was like a screen test for this show that I was You have to take do. your top off? No, no, no. No tops off. No nudity. No pop on the but top. I was prepping for it because it's right in my wheelhouse. They want me to do it. Who knows what's going to happen because you know it's Hollywood and what the hell. But I was like prepping for that and I just had a lot going on and I took a nap just now. And I feel really good except for my alarm didn't go off. And I was oh, we're getting old, huh? I napping. know. I never know, but I am so not a napper. Leave me alone. I'm napping. My eyes were closing and I've just been going, going, going and I'm like a new fresh fresh sunflower did you have like uh lines that you had to read or what no, was it but i just had to it's to host a show and i just had to talk about some specific areas that i just the vagina did. area not the vagina it was more about actually i can tell you because it was really interesting i can't tell you what the show is but it was it was about you know do you know i'm going to ask you a little quiz here do you know what one of the, the the two reasons why couples fight the most and what brings them to divorce money sex exactly I work. I work in the business. You do. So it is true that people um, that that sex and money are these two things that just kill relationships, and it all goes back to everything I say, is that couples don't know how to communicate, and you always think, oh, we talk a lot, we have a good time, but that is not communicating. And and I was also starting to feel bad a few weeks ago. I think I said this on the air, off the air. Sometimes I can't remember, but I I feel like I give you guys so many tips, like just talk to your partner. But I know that it's so. I hate when I have a problem, like, for example, what's my problems? You know, prepping ahead of time or not being a procrastinator. Things like, well, just make a, or, 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 or I have so much to do. People are like, maybe you should just make a list and then prioritize it. I'm like, if that was in my wheelhouse, I would do it. I understand that's what you do, but it's hard. So when I say to you, just tell your partner what you want in bed. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't done it yet. Of course I should, but I don't. And I think that that couples, like, aren't trained. Like, there needs to be some kind of, like, you know, like in the in the church couples have to go and are we take- doing this right now we're gonna talk about good sex in the church no, no, 
no, no. But they have you take these like premarital courses. It's required. And in fact, it's not to do with religion. I think it's good. I think that people can just get married. They can fly to Vegas, be drunk, and get married, and you're married. But no one tells you how to like have a healthy same, relationship. Same thing with having a baby. Like there's not Nothing. like any kind of course or anything. That's why we're all messed up. Our parents completely, you know, no. But it's true that people don't. And then the other thing about money that's so interesting, just because I was reading all these studies, I mean, I've always known this, but I, I was reading really into depth on studies on it, is that, is that couples, we have like a money personality, like we have a way of dealing with money that either we were brought up as a, as a, as a spender or, you know, a saver, our parents were more, you know, thrifty. Um, we all just have, like money is so emotional and we all have ways of dealing with it and so if you get into a relationship with someone who's a completely different way of dealing with it it causes a lot of friction but you don't really know how to talk about it you're like you know the women are like smuggling shoes into the house you know you know what I mean like things like that and then it blows up and so I think it's another one of those things that you need to talk about before you get married you know it's funny you bring like up the uh, debt smuggling shoes in because I think that as soon as you uh, are hiding anything you should probably stop and take a look at that exactly you know what I mean if you're putting like beers at the bottom of the trash Right. Or smuggling in shoes. That's a great point. That's a great point. And people just don't want want to talk about it because, and also, like, again, we're not trained about it. We're not, we're, not, we're just the way we are. And we think if someone's different than we are, like, we want to go spend all the fancy dinners and they want to save it and go to on a trip, we don't get that. So, anyway, talk about money. You'd think that whores would be really, really good in relationships. Cause, whores? Yeah. Because why? Because they're always having sex and receiving money for it. And they should be experts in both. True. You know what I mean? Sex and money might, should I thought be in the you were wheelhouse. Saying, I thought, now, I thought you were saying that because men always want a lot of sex and women don't give it to them so they can just pay their wife if they marry a hooker. That's because of the sex and the money thing. Yeah, that's true. It's all very confusing. So that's why you need to talk to it. But I always, I was thinking, though, how can I teach you all? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my better job about, like, maybe it's, like, maybe interesting. Maybe we'll do some role-playing or something. I'm down for role-playing. Okay. I love that. So I've got a little sex in the news here, and this was something that, a doctor wrote, so it must be true. But no, it said that three dating commandments that you should break. Okay? These are typical dating things that you hear all the time. So things like don't be don't call him, be unavailable, don't slouch. I mean, I think actually slouching is a good one because body language is very important. Um, but the others, they're among old-fashioned mandates of dating. And whether you're single or attached, it's a safe bet that you've heard them once or twice. But there's a reason these lessons have been around for so long, and some of them are outdated. So in the spirit of today, uh, new season, we asked a few – this article asked some relationship experts, this doctor, to find out what we should all do. So there's one that's play the game. We're always told that you got to play a game in a relationship. Did you ever play games? I mean, who hasn't played games? But when you say you played games, like give me an example. You wouldn't. You'd wait three days to call her. Usually, it's like uh, I'm angry about something she said. I'm talking about like way back when, like right. relationships when I was a kid, and it. it was all about winning and losing. And that's how I grew up with my dad and my my siblings. And I just transferred that over as soon as I was in a relationship. It was all about I want to win this fight. I want to win this argument. And it was different ways with different different girls. Right. Uh, but now that one of the things that I learned, and now that I'm married, is not to win. We should just figure yeah, it out. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? That's the thing about marriage. It's More not games. about winning. It's about compromise. So playing the game. The idea that there's a game to be played suggests that there's a winner and a loser, which is exactly what you're saying. And and it's only a loss if you never take an emotional leap 
to figure out that you there are missed opportunities and if you're a passionate independent person there is some natural natural chase that's built into the dating process um but don't fret over you know like playing the game and not being available and all that stuff so just be yourself and whatever but i think that like in relationships i don't i've never been like a game player although of course i guess if if i you know, you don't want to be too available. Maybe at the beginning, like a guy texts you and you text him right back. Yes, I'd love to go out. I mean, maybe, I, but I don't think it's. See, conscious. you're doing it. You can't no, not but do see, it. Here's the thing: I don't think it's that conscious. And I here's the thing: I don't date guys who are game players, so I don't play games. So I don't. I don't know. I don't here's think I've ever. Yeah. What I've learned is if I'm playing the game and I'm playing it really hard, way way back when I would, uh, I was really attracted to that person, but didn't really enjoy them. Because they were playing the game back to you? Or because I want to be playing, like, if if I'm texting right back and I'm not playing the game, it's because I actually like them and I want to hang out with them. If right. I'm really only interested in them liking me back, then I'm going to play the game. Exactly. You're only playing the game because of your ego and you don't want to get hurt. And I think that there's nothing wrong with women asking men out, men asking women out, and just let it be known that you like them. Because whenever guys have done that to me, I'm like, all right, I like this. Like, I, It's so refreshing. So you don't need to play a game, people, no matter what the pickup artists tell you. And the only way that uh, I'm going to be upset or turned off by a girl who's like texting back right away is I don't like her that to begin with. Right. If you don't like her and she's texting you too much. I get it. I totally get it. And I'm not even saying that I do, but I have probably have done that. I'm sure I've done that. Like waited five minutes or something stupid. But really, it doesn't matter. Because the people that are respectful and that you actually want to date are not game players. Okay. The next one is never split the check. Okay. This one. Okay. They say it's time to put this one to bed for good. And most women are into the guy paying for the first date. Offering never hurts. But after that... Never splitting the check is outdated belief that comes from the days when men were usually the primary breadwinners. And women are rapidly rising in earning power and gender roles and blah, blah, blah. Everyone wants to feel cared for. Okay, I disagree. I think you should never split the check. I think either I pay or he pays or she, she, whoever it is, whoever does the asking pays. But splitting the check to me is the most is the unsexiest thing you can do. What if you're like wearing a, a really fancy calculator watch and you want to use it? And like, okay, you owe me eighteen dollars exactly. and twenty three cents. Hey, wait, so women make thirty five percent, right? Right. Of what Every guys? Man's make, dollar. Yeah. So if you do split it, it should be now. something like that, though. It should be oh, more yeah, fair. I'll be like, Otherwise, since, you guys get screwed. I don't. I think it's more than thirty five percent now. But I do. But I do think that. Um, Splitting the check is just, I don't even split the check with my girlfriends. I'll be like, I got this one. I just, that, but that's just me. Yeah, there's nothing worse because I have to get all sorts of different friends and different groups. And, and I so- hate going out with my cheap friends where like the bill comes and everyone's like mulling over it. I'm I like, fuck, it. I'll pay for it, guys. That's I'm what not I rich do. by any means, but I this is embarrassing. Money. Exactly. And I'll pay for it. It's like, oh, well, I did. How about people don't drink? I mean, I get that because I, I'm not a big drinker and a lot of my friends are, but I'm not going to be like, I only had a glass of wine and you had six dirty martinis. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not that person. It's fun. We're out to dinner, whatever. You're not going to die from paying a few dollars extra. So I actually disagree with that one. You know what you do there with those people is you uh, bring Dr. Drew. Hang oh. out with you. No one drinks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that, come on. I swear to God. No, he was at a party of mine. Uh, he's been to a few of my parties. I have like little house parties in my backyard sometimes. Yeah. And Drew's great. He comes out. And uh, I, I remember the first time I got a keg and the keg just sat there in the sun. No That's one touched hilarious. it. Until Drew left. But he drank. I went out with him and his wife. He was the only one drinking at the fucking party. (laughs) It was just Dr. Drew and I drinking. Oh, my God. I went out to dinner with him and his wife, and he finished my dirty martini because I can never finish a drink. How's that? Should I not say that? Was that just spittle? 
though, at that point? No, Maybe but he's, got he's, a dr- spittle he's a drinker. Thing. He's not like a drunk. He no, he's not a drink, drinker. But that's hilarious. He'll Dr- have wine sometimes. Dr. Drew's there. We better all be sober. Um, okay, the next one is you'll find love when you least expect it. You know people say that to you? It's okay. You haven't found anyone yet. But you'll find it when you least expect it. And the problem I have with this phrase is that it's kind of like that everything happens for a reason. Whenever I stress about things, which is probably 16 times a day. And so That's all? I, I was being I was being. I think since that. you've been here. Oh, since I've been here, it's tonight, five and six. About an hour so ago, You stressed yeah. me out. But no. But what I'm kidding. But so what I'm saying is that is that the, the only appropriate response this article says to this advice is um, that people disagree with you that this is the worst advice, they say. It encourages women to sit back and let their lives pass by them without going for what they truly want, which is basically the opposite of the take-charge attitude many women aim to cultivate. Just like every other goal in your life, you need to invest time and energy into knowing exactly what you're looking for. You need to learn the necessary skills required to make it happen. You need to practice those skills. You can learn from your mistakes. And you ain't going to get your dream job when you least expect it. And you're not going to track your dream man when you least expect it. You need to go for it. Now, here's I agree and I disagree with this. So I do believe that when you're not desperately looking for someone like I believe if you're one of these who was like desperately out there and I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying and you're not gonna find it it's probably because you want it so bad and you might be putting out like a desperate vibe and I get like it'll happen when it happens but I don't think that that advice says you should just lean back and just wait for like to come down the chimney or Mr. Wright's gonna fall down the goddamn chimney I think I think it translates as when you're not looking for it it's gonna fall on your lap right which is usually the which is the case often and it's because People can smell desperation on others. Right, exactly. So if you're like, I'm constantly dating and this is my agenda. I think that, so I think that if you're still living your life and you're doing the things that you're passionate about and you're talking, you're going out and you're being social and you can let your friends know you're single. Maybe they'll set you up. I mean, you can do all the things that let people know that you're single and start talking to guys. And if you're a guy, start talking to women, which is I just tell everybody that if you, a lot of men and women have fear about talking to members of the opposite sex. I'm like, just say hi. Just start practicing talking to them when you're standing in line for whatever, when you're walking down the street together. And you'll get into the practice of just meeting people. And so I think that that it could still happen when you're not looking for it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't still actively be a social member of society and open yourself up to meeting new people, other men or women. That's what I think about that. But this advice kind of reminds you of two things that it like is, is the first thing is, oh, everything happens for a reason. And the other thing that people say is annoying, like karma. He'll get back what he deserves. Like if a guy dicks you over or whatever. I'm like, really? Can someone send me an email when that happens? Because I don't know that. I don't. It doesn't make me feel better. It's one of those comforting things. But yeah, it's like, one of those things you just kind of hope for. Yeah, like I hope he gets run over by a truck. Just kidding. Plus, the whole the whole term karma is all about the afterlife. It has nothing to do with this life. I People know. misuse it all the time. Oh, is it really? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how bad one's gonna do when he's in? I mean, I hope he's in hell, but you know. I do hate that uh, everything happens for a reason. So don't you? Like, every time I see like somebody who's old and cold and alone, I'm like, what's the reason for that? Exactly, because they weren't out talking to people, making friends, and because they were married. sitting around waiting for it to just fall on their lap. Exactly. So there's some things like that that bother me, but I've been known to say it. But it bugs me. But I really like what you said about just being into your st- uh, into your own thing. And not just for guys, but for girls, too. Oh, like yeah. Being into your career, not to the point where Emily is, where she has no time for anything else, but <laughs> being into your own like stuff and like having passion and, and, and doing that. And uh, all the social stuff, including the love stuff, 
will follow because you'll have like confidence and you'll be into something and moving forward and people will be attracted to that. Exactly. When you're doing something that you love and you're truly passionate about something in life, people will be attracted to that. When I'm wallowing and not doing that or back in my past, uh, I, I still had people, but they were also drug addicts and, uh, you know, it wasn't really a good match necessarily. Really? You were we attracting drug addicts? We were just feeding off of exactly. each other's bad habits. Exactly. So you want to surround yourself by positive, like-minded people who raise the bar, who raise your bar. So take a look at your, this is just a thing that Anderson just said, take a look at your social circle now. Like, are you hanging out with people that you admire, that you can learn things from, or are they bringing you down? Because sometimes we surround ourselves with people that are comfortable or like old friends we can't really detach from, but we have nothing in common anymore. So, you know, just take a look at that. Make sure you're surrounding yourself with like, like-minded people and people that maybe even are aspirational. Okay, another section of the news story. Survey, there are only 91 eligible bachelors for every 100 single women. I don't know about that, but okay, I think it depends on the city. But just talk to me or any of my adorable, successful, fun, single friends. will tell you that there is a man drought going on. Seriously, it's like the pool of men who are marriage material have evaporated faster than, well, water in California. We are in a drought now. But now there's actually empirical evidence to back up the favorite girls' night topic of conversation. According to a newly released results from the latest Pew Research Center census analysis, which must be true, uh, there are only 91 elder bachelors out there for every 100 single women. That means nine of us are S oh S out of luck. S-O-L. Oh, S O L S O L. I thought it was a Q. I'm like, what's S Q L? Because we're soul. I know there was a little thing on my computer that made it look like a cute. We're shit out of luck. Before we even get a date with one of those remaining in this endangered species, there is really a shortage of men who are husband material. Of course, this stat comes from the admit- admission that most women, 78%, in the never married category, 25 to 34 age bracket covered in the report, consider eligible uh, to mean that he has a job and the number of employed men is on the decline. I'm getting lost. Me too. There's so many numbers going on. Okay. So... It says that this the never married age bracket, which is twenty five to thirty four, covered in the report. They the word eligible is how they're finding eligible bachelors. They consider that to mean a guy who has a job, and the number of employed men is on the decline. So doesn't you could find an unemployed guy. I guess that what they're saying is or go to China because there's like tons of dudes I over know, there. Or maybe he doesn't have a job ladies. this week, or maybe he has a trust fund. No, I don't know. Okay. Don't marry the trust fund guys. Only if he's really passionate about like his art or something. Oh God, and, no! Worst. Why? Well, at least he's doing something. I love in his my life. art, man. Drag. Yeah, but it's shitty know. art. You want to be an artist if you want to trust fund. I just don't want to judge anyone. Okay, and heaven help if you actually hope that your man might be tall or have hair. Okay, so actually there isn't anything about height or lack of hair in the study, but you get the point. The report is saying that women can't afford to be all that picky because they're in the minority. And I don't think this is true at all. It's rather fascinating that women rated employment even higher on the list for what they wanted. Okay, I don't believe any of this. I think this this story, I mean, I believe that statistically it might be true. You don't believe in it. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in any of these stories. This is a fear-based study, like most studies. And I think that we live in a fear-based culture. For example. Wait, who published that, uh, that their well, study? Like the Pew, you know, Pew Research Center. It's like the, you know. They smell most, bad? Yeah, Pew. No, they're like a very renowned, you know, polling place. Pew, P-E-W. You've heard of Pew, no? Oh, yeah, I've heard. Whatever. So the point is, a Pew, is that you say? That Pew. It's, it's the research center. So the point I'm joking, is, is that people always hear these stories. Like, okay, first of all, when I moved to San Francisco after college, everyone said, it's the most expensive city in the country. It's the it's it's the worst year to find a job. College graduates can't find a job. Like people are always trying to like bring you down with like numbers and studies and da da da. And I've never believed in any of that. I've always believed that like I will 
I will find a job. I will move there. I will figure it out. Or like when I wanted to make my documentary. Everyone was like, there's enough. I was thinking about you just today. Why? Why? Because when I was working on one of my short films, and it's just hell. It's just hell on earth. I mean, there's just constantly an issue. And I was thinking, I was trying to imagine you in that scenario, in that uh, minefield of filmmaking. And I I enjoyed... Fantasizing about young, freaked out, angry, but driving forward, Emily. Oh, I'm the sa- I was the same. It's like it's like see how they run, which is my documentary, which you can get it on Netflix. Netflix, yes, yeah, on there. Um, is that it was a mini? It was four years, not ten years, but it was a mini sex with Emily. I was obsessed. I shot 156 hours of footage. I edited it for two and a half years, down to 56 minutes because it was on PBS, which was great. But I never made a film to know what the hell I was doing. But everyone told me. Don't do this. This is stupid. There's other political films. But I don't listen to that because people always, whenever you have a new idea or something new you want to try, there's going to be like 10 people telling you why you shouldn't. And nine out of those 10 people, uh, nine out of 10 people will probably heed their warning and not just never That's do it. That's why people don't what take makes risks you, in What life. makes you who you are like in that sense? Right. We meet when people, well, why did I do Yeah. That? Are you trying to prove something to daddy or I mean, what's, what's the deal? Oh, me, why am I so driven? Yeah. Because I just don't, honestly, it has nothing to do with that. It's just that I'm, I've always been driven. I've always been like, if you tell me I can't do, well, I was already doing it. So it wasn't like someone said, you should never make a film. And I did. I just don't believe what people say. And, and it's actually, I just, like, I've never believed like the common wisdom because I've always felt, and I don't know where this comes from, from a very young age, that I can do whatever the hell, that, that anything I put my mind to, I will succeed at. And that. Where there's a will, there's a way, and I have a will. Just like sex with, when I started Sex with Emily, this podcast, there wasn't even pod, no one even listened to podcasts. They're like, "What do you know about sex? Like, who's gonna? Why are you doing this? Are you sure you you're going from political career where you're very established and respected to sex? Like, every, even my old boss, who's a senator, took me out, and she's like, "Are you sure? I read this article in the paper. You really want to be a? I don't care. I just feel like you know what? I'll make it. I'll make it happen. And moving to San Francisco, I didn't know anybody, not one person." And I wanted to work in politics, and I volunteer. I was an intern for Barbara Boxer every single day for six months, unpaid. I just showed up every day, and I waitressed at night. And I ended up getting, out of 52 interns, I was one of two who got a job working for her because I worked my ass off, and I showed up, and I knew that. I knew the work ethic. I know how hard you have to work. And so I believe if you work hard and you believe in something, that you got to go for it. And everyone's going to tell you why you shouldn't. And I don't know where the hell it comes from because my parents – Never had any rules. They couldn't care. You know, they were so selfish and into their own lives that they weren't like hard on me. They didn't look at my grade. It's all me being my own parent and being hard on myself. Where do you think it comes from? I don't know. I, I, I have like 15, 20% of Emily and me, and I, I would appreciate I'm the kind of guy who walks down the street and like sees overpasses and thinks I could sleep there if I had to. Like, really? When I lose everything, I'll be okay. Really? That's a good feeling. No, it's a terrible feeling. I'm well, always I'm always it. considering being homeless because I think oh. that's a real possible fucking ability. Okay, but I thought it was more of a positive thing. Like, even if it doesn't work out, at least I'll have an overpass to sleep on. It's like I'm always thinking about my, my bottom. You're thinking about your bottom. And how it's really possible to okay. right around the corner oh at my any God. minute. Okay, and I, okay, I've done that too. It's true. Because I have struggled a lot, like financially doing sex with Emily. I was good homeless sex under that uh, bridge, though, I bet. What, I know, right? Good homeless sex, exactly. I can see, I can still have some good homeless sex, I bet. But no, that is a very negative, but you're doing it anyway, but then you have these negative thoughts that are defeating, and we all have defeating thoughts. And I just say you got to replace them with the positive thoughts and keep driving, but don't get me wrong, this has been like, I mean, sex with Emily, 10 years. I mean, people, I don't know if people know this, like, I literally started my living room as just an idea to help people. I thought, I. 
everyone I'm talking to is like, I had the best sex last night or my relationship or relationships were falling apart or whatever it is. I'm like, I don't understand how people are like, what makes a good relationship and what makes good sex? And so I just, I was just curious. And after being a documentary filmmaker, which I never want to do that again, I thought I'll just interview people because that was my favorite part of the documentary. But it really was just a hobby. I didn't, I didn't know that it was my career but I love doing it so much that it took me about you know it's 10 years now seven years to figure out how to make a dime but I kept going when you got your education I got my doctorate I did but there's still days where I'm like f this but you know life is hard but you keep going yeah so that's what you do but now okay we're gonna get your emails in a second but now I have a word from my sponsors which by the way help keep this show free so speaking of money okay but this is my favorite. Good vibrations. Okay, you know how much I love goodvibes.com. And it's not only because they carry all the best sex toy brands. Because they do. Because my next thing I'm going to go back to is a story about a woman who burned herself on a bad, uh, <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a really bad vibrator. So goodvibes.com, they only carry the best products. They're body-safe materials. You can go to sexwithemily.com, click on the Good Vibes banner, and you can see my store of every toy that I've tried and tested and I recommend. You can get um, the Vibratex. They have this amazing, like the new rabbit, like the old rabbit. If you still have an old one, get rid of it, get the new one. They have the Dahlia, which is kind of like a rabbit. It's like insertable with little fluttering things on your clitoris. Um, the, butterf- the Butterfly Kiss is great. You can get the Wee Vibe Tango. I keep I kept calling it the Tanga for a while, but I meant Tango because it's my new favorite, and I just thought you should all know that it's the most powerful effing little bullet vibrator that you'd love. Or my new favorite, Uber Lube. It's the best lube ever. And um, go to sexloving.com, click on the Good Vibes banner to see my favorite toys, and use coupon code EMILY. I would totally appreciate that. And speaking of toys, hey, Fleshlight, number one sex toy for men for a reason and the only one you want. Because it actually simulates a feeling of having sex anytime, even when you don't have a partner. And you know what? Using your hand after a while, I've talked to guys and they're like, oh my God, it does feel like a vagina and I love it and it's amazing. And I'm not saying you have to use it every time, but it's a way to mix it up. And plus, if you want to last longer in bed, they have the Fleshlight Stamina Training Unit that helps you practice lasting longer while you're masturbating to become a better lover and have mind-blowing orgasms. I've never given one to a guy. I've given to a lot of friends who have said anything negative. In fact, they all love it and obsess about it. So it's body safe and it provides variety and just check it out. I mean, every woman's got a vibrator, so every man should have one of these. Go to sexwithemily.com. Click on the Fleshlight banner. Also, my Madison, who works with me, she wrote a great blog about it on sexwithemily.com called My Boy's New Toy. It's really good really funny okay so now back to the story about the porn star whose vagina almost blew up using a bad vibrator and then we're gonna get into emails they call it the michael jackson (laughs) okay so the vibrator shoots off sparks during a sex scene and it burns a porn star so a popular porn star said sparks flew out of a toy she was using in a california video shoot burning her hands and nearly scathing her genitals and it turns out it was one of these fake they make these fake magic wands like you know the magic wand the one yeah, I was yeah, talking the about. the patented magic yeah, wand yeah. that everyone loves. And it was like a fake cheap one from China, and she like sparks flying like her vagina. It like, wasn't for like the shoot, like 4th of July themed. No, no, no. Like she hurt herself. It was inches from her genitals, and she suffered minor burns to her hands, and so it's a problem. So that's why she, she only saved go the to goodvibes.com. Yeah, her vagina's fine. Okay, let's get into some emails here. All right. This is what I got for you. This is about having a repetitive sex life. 
I know you guys, you don't understand this. You got to wrap your brain around this. Hi, Emily. Huge fan of your show and advice. I've been in a relationship with whom I believe is one of is is the one for 23 months now. Lately, the last three months or so, our sex life has become very repetitive. I cannot get my man to do any foreplay or switch sex positions. Yet, he says our sex life is perfect. It's just not perfect for me. I'm always initiating sex, trying to do foreplay. His foreplay consists of rubbing my arm, shoulder, and minimal making out. And then straight to the action. I try to switch up up positions throughout, but he won't budge. When I bring it up to him that I need more foreplay to actually get turned on, he takes offense to that and assumes that he doesn't turn me on. I've explained to him that this is not what I meant, but he feels he isn't turning me on. I'm, I'm at a loss what to do here. Can you please help me before it's too late? Thank you, Christina in Wyoming. Okay, Christina, here's the deal about talking to your partner about sex is that I actually just wrote a blog about this as well. I write for Patty Stanger, who's the millionaire matchmaker, and her website is called Patty Knows, and I wrote a blog called How to Talk About Sex to Get the Sex you, How to Talk About Sex to Get the Sex You Crave from Your Partner. And so I always get asked this question. And so here's the thing. The thing that's happened with you, Christina, is that it's the way you say it. It's tone. If you say, I want this, I want that. And Anderson, you can pipe up here. I think he's feeling like I'm messing up. I'm not pleasing her. I'm a failure. I don't want to take feedback. And I think you have to be really careful by 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 speaking in negatives and what you don't want. And you have to couch in like, I, lo- I love our sex. Wow, when you go down on me, it feels amazing that last time I had amazing orgasm. I mean, whatever it is, you have to like state it in, in more of a positive way than nagging about what you're not getting. I feel like rubbing the arm and uh, making out's uh, not bad. Yeah, I know, but, but, but it's the way that she says it to him because now she says to him, um, every time she talks to him, when I bring it up, he gets t- – he says he takes offense and assumes he doesn't turn me on. And God knows how she says it. And I think sometimes well, you don't use words sometimes. I mean, you're don't... always talking about communicating. But I think maybe like if he starts to try and do the act, maybe she like does a little like coy, like, no, no, no. Why don't you do this? And, you know, kind of well, guide him. That's what ha- she has to guide him because what happens is men walk in the room and they go right to our vagina and unzip our pants. And we are no near ready turned on. We're not even thinking about sex yet. So we actually... Foreplay isn't a suggestion. It's not like a light, hey, we should drive foreplay. It, it's a requirement, guys. So you got to understand that, that she's not saying she's not happy with you. She just told me you're the one, but your sex life leads your sex life needs to be desired. So oh, what was that? It, your sex life, her sex life leaves leave something, something to be, desired, to be yeah. desired. So we get into ruts and then we walk away from relationships, but there are ways to talk about it. So whether it's something you're wanting um, but not getting or something you're getting but not wanting, having the sex talk, talk can be nerve-wracking and somewhat uncomfortable but when it's done right i'm reading paraphrasing from my blog having an honest conversation helps your sex life doesn't have to be awkward or negative experience so first know what you want to talk about before you even bring it up what do you want to accomplish do you want more sex less sex more foreplay different foreplay what is your goal so then you can make sure the conversation doesn't fear off course and also timing is everything Sex topics, I've said this a million times, don't do it in the bedroom because that's just a buzzkill. That's a boner kill. You really want to do it like, you know, next time you guys are on a road trip together, like if you're having breakfast. Um, don't 
don't do it right before for sure or during or after. Do it another time. It's like, hey, babe, that was so fun. I keep thinking about the other night. Oh, my God, I had crazy orgasms. And you know it would be so fun next time, something, something. And then you have the conversation. What do you think about that, Anderson? Depends on her tone. Well, the next thing is sense the tone. Depending on the problem you're addressing and the nature of the relationship and your tone should match the nature of the talk. Is this playful about something you want to try? Or is it more serious? You have to be sensitive to your partner's feelings because if it's difficult for you to talk about, it's probably not easy to hear either. So I always think that you want to keep these sex conversations playful and light and fun. Not like, I've really been suffering because you haven't been performing oral sex and I haven't had an orgasm in two and a half years. I mean, you want to be like, wow, there's, you realize there's so many fun things that we can do together? Like, we've already had so much stuff. I think sex should be expansive. Let's try this. How fun would this be? Make it like a fun thing, you know? Keep it positive. Accentuate the positive. Place the emphasis on what they're doing right. If they're knocking something out of the park, let them know. And always, 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 no matter what the conversation, use I statements and if you, you don't want to blame. You never do this. You never do that. It's like, I feel so good when you come home and make out with me and kiss my neck. That really turns me on. Are these two married? No, but she thinks he's the one and they've been together 23 months. I mean, the arm and the uh, kissing thing is pretty good. I don't, I don't know if that really happens after the marriage a whole lot. What, that he put the, but he probably like, it was probably a two second thing. He kissed her on the lips, touched her arm and then stuck his penis inside her. Mm-hmm. That's guys, are, guys are pretty simple. I mean, he, he's probably going to do whatever you need him to do, especially if you, if you guys aren't married yet. But the way she explains I feel it. like she's also leaving out a big piece. I feel like uh, maybe— Wait, he's it, mad at her for something? No, like there's just something very simple and like a smoking gun type thing. Like he just never goes down on her. And maybe if that is the case and she didn't feel comfortable writing that to you, but I feel like that's the missing piece. Yeah, maybe, and she you needs to bring I mean? it up because I'm telling you, and that's a really tough one because I, I, I might have told you this before, but I actually had to have that conversation with the guy I was dating for a year. Was he black? Uh, no, no. In fact, that's been refuted so many times at black men. And they say Jewish girls don't like giving blowjobs. That's not true either. Well, you think. make up for that. I make up for every <laughs> Jewish woman on the planet because I like giving blowjobs. Um, but but here's the thing. Wait, what, was I just, what did you just say before that? Oral sex. Oh, okay, so I was dating this guy, and... Never perform oral sex on me. Like, like, and if he did, it was like those weak, like his tongue would flap for like three seconds. And I'd be like, we could have, you could have gotten me water or something at that time because that did nothing for me. Now you want to stick it in. So I finally said to him once we were on vacation, we were having a few drinks here in Santa Barbara. And I said, we were, you know, I think I had a dirty martini, which is like my one drink. Like I have one dirty martini, I'm drunk. And I said, so listen, babe, I just, I'm wondering like about, so oral sex, like, do you, you know, we have a lot of sex and I love it. It's so fun. What about oral sex? I feel like maybe that's something that you're you're not that into. And I'm curious, is it because maybe you, like, don't like it? Or you, you're you not sure if you're doing it right? Because I'd be happy to give you feedback. And he's like, you know what? I just don't like it. It's not my thing. And I said. Check, please. And I thought to myself, you're not my thing. Check, please. And that was it. That was the <laughs> You should have said that. I know, really. Should have helped the dude out. But it was so, like, a year I'm, like, yelling. I'm talking to my friends about it. I'm not communicating about it. And I got my answer. It's not his thing. And you know Wait, what? Wait, you spent a year? Yeah. Without talking about it? was long about distance, it? though. It was a long distance relationship. How much longer were you in Santa Barbara with him for after the oh, conversation? The longest three days of my life. <laughs> um, no oral? N- Any no, sex at all? because then I after think that? it was so obvious. No, I think we had zero sex the rest of the trip. And it's funny because right now we're, still, we're very close. He's one of my best friends. But this was years ago. 
But no, not as, he's like, it's just not my thing. And I think a lot of guys like don't like vaginas. You ever set them up with friends of yours you don't like that much? No, 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 no. And you know what? Not every woman likes oral sex being performed. A lot don't. So he could find a woman who doesn't like oral sex and they'll be live perfectly happy. They'll live the rest of their lives together. But their faces face to face and away from each other's crotches. Yeah. Women we hear our women on Love Line calling all the time they don't like it. So whatever. They're okay. usually multi orgasmic though. That's their that's problem. True. It's a too lot ticklish of, for them. It's too ticklish and that's fine. And he should find a really ticklish woman who has multi orgasms and they'll be really happy. Okay, dear Emily, me and my girlfriend are very sexually connected, but I like imagining her with another girl and getting her to degrade me by saying another girl's name and why she's sexier. My girlfriend refuses to do it, but it gets gets me off. Also, this is a lesbian couple. Um, I'm really wanting to try a threesome, but she thinks the sex better just be me and her. How can I spice things up and get her into it? Or do you have any other suggestions in the kink department? Thank you, Josie. Okay. So first of all, um, it's tricky to talk your partner into having a threesome if they don't want it. It just is. Now, you could, there's a lot of female, like, friendly porn you could watch. I don't know if you've ever done that about kinking it up. Um, Good Vibrations has this amazing program. Again, on my website, click on uh, Good Vibes After Dark. And you can buy it by the minutes, like porn by the minutes. But it's all, like, female-friendly porn. Not all of it. I mean, there's every kind of porn. They have hundreds of thousands of things. But they have porn that's just for certain scenarios. And it's all, like, really good porn. And you guys could watch something together and say, hey, is that something you'd want to try? Um, I would also talk to her about what her fantasies are. It sounds like she's knocking down your fantasies and she's not so into them, but maybe you could, because the thing about sex is that I think it should always be expansive. We should always be learning and growing and changing and expanding because that's when sex gets bored, boring. So I would ask her, like, have that conversation about, well, what do you think about when you masturbate or what do you, you know, what have you always wanted to try? And so make it like a two-way conversation because she, you know, see what she's into. And, and like, don't pressure into it because the more you bring it up, I want a threesome. So when's that threesome? When's that threesome? We all know what happens, right? When someone nags you about something, we don't want to do it. So, um, you know, I think that there's other ways that you could, you could try role playing. I'm telling you, people laugh at me, but like it works. Like get dressed up, play different people. Like how how would that, that work? I don't know. They could dress oh, okay. up. You're not suggesting that they role play into a threesome. No, but they bring a vibrator in. Or like she comes out one door and then goes around the other door and like has a different voice. No, they meet in a bar. They pick each other up. I don't know. Sexy stranger game. You know Ice T and uh, his girlfriend Coco. Yep. Are they still together? I don't know, but I no, I don't. I don't know. They're on Love Line years ago talking about how they role play. Like they hardcore role play. Oh my god, my friend in Chicago does it. She's like, I showed up at the bar. I gave him a different name. It was so they've been together twelve years. She's like, it was so hot. Like you get into he'd that, drop like, her off like in a bad neighborhood and like drive away, <laughs> and then he'd no come way. back. He'd come back like ten minutes later, talk her into his car. Yeah. See, that's that's and people think that's crazy, but just do it. You might laugh, you might giggle at first, but do something a little bit different. You can also use you know a sex toy, you know. Kind of a threesome with a with a, a, a battery operated boyfriend or whatever girlfriend in this case, um, but but I understand like also that the fact that okay so she refused to do it the part about degrading her by saying other girls a lot of guys have that fantasy too and I know it sounds really odd to be like why would you want to be degraded it's kind of like cuckolding like guys who want to watch their wives have sex with someone else but everyone's got their fantasies so I think the thing about this is that there's there's got to be some kind of compromise here. And maybe she'd be willing to do, like, the role play and see how that feels. And then maybe she'd be willing to do the real thing. And then, in turn, asking her what she's wanting to try. And if she – I feel like a lot of times women don't have answers to those questions. They're like, I don't know. I don't think about it. Or women just 
not, some women don't fantasize as much as men. So again, watching porn, um, reading erotica together might give you some ideas, stimulate the conversation. How does that work? Like you read a paragraph and then she reads it's a paragraph? It's really hard. Like I used to have this boyfriend who actually used to read me erotica in the bathtub. We used to take baths together. Did you guys laugh though? No, I it was would, really I feel hot. like you'd have to laugh because some of the writing is so bad. No, but it was good writing. I don't know. It's sexy. It's hot. The words... When I was a kid, when I was like 12, that's like all I could get my hands on at, like one summer. Oh, like the penthouse forum? Yeah. I taught myself how to read that summer pretty Did good. Did you? Oh, yeah. that's how, that was your incentive. I thought read. that they, I, I kind of got ahead of myself, and I'm, I was thinking they should have like whole programs for kids to teach, especially boys, teach them how to read with this erotic porn literature. That's actually not but a bad idea if it I wasn't sex. Feel like uh, what about yeah, baseball? Puritans what about baseball? No, they would. They would. Puritans probably would have a problem. Um, I'd show up to that class every day, though. You did. You would. See, I would have. Yeah. Thing. Or just make it more interesting for kids. Something that they can relate to. I mean, not porn, but yeah. I think reading because because also women like if the brain is our most active sex organ. That hearing the words. That's why everyone's like love Fifty Shades of Grey or whatever it is. Oh, the trailer here. for that movie looks so. Bad. Oh, I know. I know. I know. You know they're going to butcher it. It's never going to be as good as everyone thinks. Okay. Um, another email from the people. Thank you again for emailing me feedback at sexwithemily.com. Dear Emily, I have a question. I hope you can answer. My girlfriend and I have been dating for a little over a year and I've been living together for about three months. I'm going to school now full time and she is working full time. We are lucky to have sex once a week. She seems to have no drive and won't even bring up the topic of sex. I'm a little worried she might be getting satisfied elsewhere. Is that a reasonable worry? I've tried to talk to her about it. She just always says she's too tired after work. And that doesn't explain the weekends. But she'll try to make a change in the future. There's never a change. What do I do? Thanks for your insight, Garrett. P.S. Is it true that using a vibrator makes it harder to climax in a traditional way? My girlfriend's climax with uh, my girlfriend climaxes with sex quite well. I bought her a vibrator because I oftentimes go over a week without being able to see her. I don't want her to become preferential to her vibrator. Okay. So the first thing is, it's not unreasonable to worry that she's having sex elsewhere, but I highly doubt it. Um, the thing is that you've been living together now, what, they've been together for over a year and lived together for three months. So moving in together, it's kind of like I wish I had a graph. You move in together, goes up exponentially, and then your sex life can go down. Yeah, but after three months, that seems pretty quick. I don't know. Who knows? He's working a lot. She's stressed. Now, here's the thing. I doubt that she's having an affair. I mean, unless you gave me 16 reasons why there's little suspicious things happening in your life, like she's sending texts late at night or something. I think that it could be her her sex her sexual desire or her sex drive. She might just not, you know, is she on the birth control pill? Is she taking any meds? Is she under stress? A lot of times when women and men are experiencing stress, they do not want to have sex. You can probably relate to that, correct? No. Uh, I got this, though. What? Women are manipulative. Maybe she feels like she got him now. Maybe she was a freak before they lived together. Now that they're living together, she's like, all right, I can relax it's now. Like, really? Okay, so it's like the woman who gets married and stops giving blowjobs. Have you uh-huh. heard that? Yeah, yeah. You think that's true? I know they, they exist, yeah. I'm well aware. I just don't understand these women. Really? Like, you're going to stop giving sexual pleasure because you got him? You're not going to keep him? You got a lot. But here's the thing about sex. Maybe their name's both on the lease. Sex? <laughs> right, exactly. She's like, all right, I get 50% of his income. He's a hard worker. But here's the thing. <sighs> Okay, sex does become troubling, hard, challenging relationships. I get it. We're not meant to have sex the same way, the same vigorousness that we did at the beginning. Vigorosity, I was going to say, which isn't really a word. I don't think that's a word. 
I was going to make it up. But I really think that that you it's the kind of thing that you have to talk. You said she won't talk about it. That means the way that you're approaching it isn't working. So I think that you could probably try to just ask her, you know, are there any things that you've been thinking about lately? Any fantasy, any fantasies? Another great way to bring it up is say, what's the most memorable time to you that we've ever had sex? And see what she says. And then you'll know, well, she liked that because that was the time I was talking dirty to her or I took her on vacation. You have to figure out another way to have this conversation. And you might need to, you know, get away, get out of the house. Couples, like, don't go away for the night if you can. Um, give her a massage. When you come from work, make it about her. Again, I'm going back to foreplay. Relax her. I think that when couples live together, they just get like, oh, they come home. She's, she's you know, on the computer or doing dishes. He comes home from work. They're stressed. And, like, sex is the kind of thing that you have to be in the mood for, which is why when you're not living together, you get ready. You get excited to see each other. You want to have sex. But, like, when you're living together, it's like, uh. So, first of all, I would rule out any medical things. But also, give her a massage when she gets home. Say, babe, tonight is all about you. And light one of my amazing Emily and Tony aromatherapy massage candles. Draw a bath. Set the mood. Draw a bath. Give her a massage. Say, I just want to make this about you. I want to make it about your pleasure and massage her. Um, Try, you know, different room, a different place. I also think that um, I doubt that she's getting sex elsewhere, especially if it was good before you moved in together. And so I think that what happens with sex is sometimes also you have to fake it till you make it. Now, some people might disagree with me like, oh, is that true? But the thing about sex is that it's like when I always tell people to do the 30-day sex challenge. Like, have sex every day for 30 days, and then you'll want to have sex. It's kind of true. Like, once you – and I hope maybe she'll listen to this as well, is that you think you don't want it because there's so much other going on. But once you start having it and you get into it, you're like, oh, this is good. I want to be into it. So that's why I think you got to do your best to not – maybe talking to her about it isn't working, but do your best to turn her on. You need to do foreplay for an hour, whatever it is – Get her in the mood. Figure out what cracks her code. I don't know your girlfriend. But if she's shutting you down from sex talk, I mean, I don't know what her upbringing is. But a lot of times just the straightforward, I want this, I want this. She's also feeling like our first caller, our first person who wrote in, that it's the tone. So if you're making her feel bad because she's not giving it up or you're making her feel bad because she's not providing you, she's feeling bad. And she's not going to want to do anything for you. So... That's why you need to figure out the code. You guys, it's a dance. Getting more sex in your relationship is a dance. It it's is a not dance. a game. Do not play a game. It is a dance. I got I got something that you can might maybe try. Go. And it's it's worked for me in the past. Uh handwriting a letter. Oh. Handwrite her a letter. Leave it where she'll find it while you're out at work or where she'll be at home by herself or something. And Ease that into it. Make that part of the letter, but don't make that all about the the, the entire letter. So what was the and letter? maybe end the letter with uh, like a little surprise, like a, a vacation or something. Oh, like or you know, out of town for a night, something like that. That's really at the nice. end of the letter, and then they could both work on it. Like a special little, like a special little gift or something, like a special little giveaway, getaway, writer word. Exactly, write it out. That's a great idea. Has that worked for you? It has uh, both both sides of that. I've gotten letters and I've written letters, and then you can also go back to the letter, especially if you you know she'll appreciate it because you're putting your obviously it make, means something to you if you're actually handwriting the yeah, letter. No don't one, type it up. Don't do use no, uh, like and a don't computer. Don't email her. Don't text her. People don't handwrite write, it. People don't write goddamn emails. That's a great and idea. make it good. Make a lot of positives and also put in some of the concerns or things that you're worried about and just, you know make it about worried about losing the relationship. Yeah, and this and that. because and also if you're in the same situation. 
you have to work on it now because it's only going to get worse. The, the more that you let any of your sexual issues go, travel, carry on in a relationship, the longer they last, the more insidious they're going to get and the more trouble it's going to cause in your relationship. So nip it in the bud now and deal with it. Now, your second question, your PS, vibrator makes it harder to climax in a traditional way. It, it's not true. There's never been any studies that have said, you know, oh, I was could climax all the time during intercourse and now I use my vibrator and I can't. Um, like everything, it's always good to mix it up, use a vibrator, you, you know, have sex, but I would not worry about this at all. And in fact, here's a great thing, Garrett. You bought her a vibrator. Why don't you use the vibrator with her? That'll get her turned on. And then you'll probably get some sex after that. Okay. Uh, One more email real quick. On the topic of sex appeal, dear Emily, I'm overweight. And it seems when I'm talking and flirting with women, everything's going well. They laugh, they blush, they joke back, and we seem to hit it off. When it comes to moving forward, nothing ever happens. So I'm guessing that my weight is the big issue. Is there anything to overcome that, or am I pretty much out of luck until I can get all the weight off? Thanks, James. Okay, James, this is like the same thing I hear from guys who are like, I don't have enough money, I'm too short, I, I'm fat, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. Women are not thinking that. It's you who's thinking that, and you're perpetuating that because you don't have the confidence. Um you say that like everything's going well until it's time to move forward and it's your confidence. It's not like they're all of a sudden looking at your belly. It's confidence. It's the sexiest thing that anyone could wear. It's the number one aphrodisiac on the planet. And you should spend your time right now cultivating confidence, whatever that means for you, James. Um, I don't think you should stop going out with women until you lose the weight. That's like that whole future, you know, tripping thing. Like, well, once I get the car, the job, the, the, then I'll be happy. You're not going to be getting all the girls just because you lost weight. I promise that's not the reason. What you can do is start working out because that helps you feel more confident and you get the endorphin rush. Cocaine, too. Dude. Cocaine makes you confident and lose weight. Yeah, and psychotic. That's and true. That's the, that's the bad side. Um, but don't put your dating life on hold and, and do, you know, but keep putting yourself out there. Be funny and sweet. And I think that maybe you're going, you're, maybe you're putting yourself in the friend zone or you're the jokey guy. But I would be sooner than you think feels right, I'd make the move towards that girl. I'd be like, hey, when are we going out? Like, I want to see you Saturday night. Do that little, like, aggression thing. Let it be known that you're not the friend jokey guy, but you want you want these girls. So I think it has to do with your approach and you're not falling into the friend zone, whether that has anything to do with your weight. Because I'm telling you, I know a lot of guys who are overweight, have no job, and they're dating, like, totally hot women and good relationships because it's all about confidence. So you got to work on that. Right, Anderson? I mean, Anderson, you got a girl. I did. I finally landed one, yeah. Yeah, because you're confident. No, Anderson. No, no. There's a that. fine line, too, because I always get called for being cocky, and I, I'm not a cocky guy at all. Sometimes you, if you put on, uh, you're giving the look. I like, made yeah, him a look like some, I, I don't see it because I, I freaking love you. I can't you. figure out the difference between confidence and cocky, and uh, I, I'm not overly confident, so maybe I overcompensate and come Co- off as cocky. I guess it's when you have like a disregard for someone. I guess it's cocky is more like I'm better than you, and confident is more like the way Better not be that because that's not me at all. Unless I'm better than you, and then that's definitely me. I don't know. It's a very fine line. We'll have to address that on the next episode. Of Cocky versus line. confidence. That's actually a good title for a show. Um, everyone, listen. Here's the deal. I do two shows a week, and if you subscribe on iTunes, you can easily get them, and you never miss a show. But I also want to hear from you. If you've been listening for a while, which shows do you like? What don't you like? Are there any guests you want to have in the show? Any topics I haven't covered? Email me. I love hearing from you. I read all your emails. Follow me, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It make me so happy. And rate us on iTunes if you love us. Or even if you hate us. Well, if you hate us, don't bother. But if you love us, go to iTunes. And Anderson, um, check out his podcast, After Disaster, and The Film Vault. 
Yeah, the Film Vault this week we're doing uh, my favorite episode of the year, uh, top uh, fall preview, the, the, the most anticipated movies of the fall, winter season, which are always the best movies of the year. They so are. I'm very excited. Okay, so check that out. Thank you, Anderson. I love you. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Sex with Emily. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. Thanks for listening to the show. So if your sex life is having a drought, just like the state of California right now, guess what's going to help? An aromatherapy massage candle. Because not only do candles set the mood, which we all know they do, they're aromatherapy and they smell amazing and they're, they're relaxing. And the thing is, if you've never heard of a massage candle, it looks like a regular candle. So people are like, what, it looks like a vibrator? No, they're beautiful candles from France made with the best ingredients. And this is why you need a massage. This is this is why you need a massage candle. Because massage relaxes your partner. It gets them in the mood. And then it turns into the most warm, luxurious massage oil. It's not hot. It's not waxy. It's not sticky. And you pour it on your partner. It doesn't burn them. And it gives them the most, most amazing massage. It relaxes. She or he becomes putty in your hand. And it is your secret weapon in the bedroom. If you want to spice things up, get your partner in the mood and have incredible sex. I would guess that it's like a 98, 99% success rate. You For should sure. actually fund some kind of study. I'm sure it would be expensive. I know. But I hear from listeners you, like, all the time. Have 100 people try it with a candle. Their partner doesn't know what their goal is, even though it's you know it's massage, so they probably have a pretty yeah. good idea. See how many people actually don't get to have sex. Exactly. I bet it's very few. Exactly. So email me if you use my candle and you didn't have sex because I will um, send you another one. I know I don't know what will I do. No, you can't do that because then a bunch people really lie. Bad. I'll send you down under comfort. No, you guys, people will lie. But I got an email from a person who says his girlfriend was skeptical, and I've read this before, but it changed their life, and they had amazing sex, and they reciprocated because there's something about all you people who are suffering from sex, you're not in the mood yet. That's why this gets you in the mood. So go to emilyandtony.com. Use code EMILY for 20% off. That's emilyandtony.com. Com. Buying a car can be such a stressful experience, but TrueCar is changing car buying forever. TrueCar actually helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay, and that fear is the worst. Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network, and TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. So, when you're ready to buy a car, you just gotta follow these three easy steps that if you want to save money. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then, register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and then you lock in your savings. Third step, totally simple. All you do is you print out your TrueCar savings certificate and then you take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Who doesn't want that? Some features not available in all states and every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Why would you do that? Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com.